Welcome to the Manage Self Lead Others podcast. You're with Nina Sunday and my guest today is Carol Kimra, executive branding expert. She's a professional speaker and author of an award-winning book, LinkedIn for the Savvy Executive. And Carol creates uh, brand messaging for executives and their teams and increases their visibility and influence, which enhances their ability to steer the future. She's a member of the National Speakers Association and a certified virtual presenter, a CVP. And uh, she's also advisor to the C-Suite Network, so one of my peers in the C-Suite Network. So welcome, Carol. Thank you for joining us on this episode today. I'm honored. Thank you so much, Nina. My pleasure. So uh, we've already had a conversation about how I could uh, revise my LinkedIn profile, and uh, there's still a little bit more work to do, but um, your, idea, your suggestions are amazing. Um, my question is, for the people listening today, they might be managing a team. How important is it uh, that a manager has an active and an up-to-date LinkedIn profile? Does it influence how their, their team members view them? I think it does. I think people like to work with people they know, like, and trust. And we can demonstrate know, like, and trust, and our personal brand right through LinkedIn, through our profile, and through the way that we use the platform to engage with our ideal customers, um, people that are our peers and friends. And for example, I know myself, if I, if I am, as a customer, I'm liaising with a company sometimes, or maybe a representative from that company, I'll sometimes go on their LinkedIn. Maybe I'm just looking for their contact details or maybe I want to make contact. And if they've only got like 26 connections, I go, <laughs> wow, are these people uh, laggards or Luddites? Are they in another on another planet? They're not really part of uh, today, what's happening today. Is I mean, is that unreasonable for me to have that perception? No, I think it's right on. One of the things that's important for us to, is to look like we're part of the business network. We're part of society and people are looking for us and looking for who we are, our brand promise, right on LinkedIn. If you are having lunch at some point when we can again have lunch um, with someone who is a potential customer, the first thing that you do is take a look at their LinkedIn profile to find out everything you can find out about them so you have something to talk about. Well, if somebody looks at your profile and the only thing that they can gather is your current title and where you went to school, it's, it's not a good picture. <laughs> so we wanna be up to date and we want to show our employees what a good profile and good behavior online looks like. And one of the good behaviors of a manager, an effective manager, is to assist their team members, their supporters to, uh, to with their career trajectory. So oh, absolutely. Up to a manager to be aware of the LinkedIn profile of who, who is in, on their team and maybe encourage some people that maybe don't have enough connections or haven't really 
gained any recommendation. Right. So perhaps you could run through all the things that um, a manager should be guiding team members to uh, improve their uh, profile as well as their own. I start by knowing that we are most memorable when we speak from our heart center. When we talk about ourselves with authenticity, this heart center has another name and it's our brand. Our brand is our promise. And although, you know, that sounds really like, gosh, this is, this is too much marketing. My approach to finding brand sufficient for making a fabulous LinkedIn profile is just three questions. Can I share those? Please go ahead. Okay. So um, the first is, what are the three things you want to be known for? Now, it's important when you respond that you don't respond with four or five or six things. Yes. Because focus the attention. Mm. Right. Three things is absolutely powerful. It makes you look focused. You know, we can grasp three things. People are hardwired to remember three. That's why speakers and poets and writers and um, preachers use three in their formula for speeches. The principle of three. Right. So what are the three things you want to be known for? That's the first question. Second question is, what are your differentiators? What makes you different? That's important to know too, because um, some of that makes you very, very powerful. And the third question is, what are your keywords? So what I've just given you is building blocks for your brand message. And, and then personal brand, which is your personal reputation. Right, hmm. right. Because if someone's employed by an organization, there's no such thing as jobs for life anymore. I guess the idea is, is to keep your, your LinkedIn profile alive so that if and when you want to jump ship, scrambling to get to get it up to date and get the recommendations uh, you're doing you're doing it as you go it's like painting the house before it needs to be painted before it looks a mess well that's true uh it's really hard to write a profile when you've just lost a job because you've just lost all of your confidence in who you are many people when they go through job loss they forget who they are what they're good at. It's such a blow. But the other reason that we need to keep our profile up to date is so that we are drawing our ideal customers to us, whether they are internal customers or external customers, um, so that we look current, we um, are using our expertise so that people understand, hey, you know, the people who work at this company they know lots of stuff. And we can tell because they have a great LinkedIn profile. There's a generational issue here because if it's if someone, say, of a mature mindset where they dismiss social media and LinkedIn, but they're managing 
younger members of the team who who realize the importance of LinkedIn as it in terms of your perception of your capability, there might be a mismatch there in terms of uh, they, they may not attract the sort of respect that they otherwise would uh, attract to themselves because they're just not realizing that is a gap. Yes, and it really is important for us to just share who we are, be authentic, be authentically ourselves so that people can find us and understand what we bring. You know, it's just really being mindful of all the little um, uh, panels that are on LinkedIn, because I can remember uh, not really worrying about recommendations. And someone looked at my LinkedIn and said, Nina, your last recommendation was three years ago. Does that mean anything? <laughs> so embarrassed. I, it, it was changed within three months. It's like the minute there was an opportunity to ask someone for a recommendation, which is different to those endorsements, which I don't yes. will happen. But a recommendation is where someone actually gives you a testimonial quote Absolutely. for it and they send it to you and then you uh, either approve it or, or, or not. Right. That has made a huge difference to my perception when people go on my LinkedIn and my perception of myself. Hey, that's great. So... Another thing to be aware of is that it's not particularly hoyle to ask your current boss to write you a recommendation. Oh, no, you wouldn't do that. No. That's so flag, isn't it? <laughs> so in order to get recommendations, you have to be a little bit smarter than just asking your boss. So people that would be appropriate to ask are your former boss, yep. your colleagues, people that are at the same level. Yeah. And if you also supervise someone, someone whom you supervise in the past, because again, people shouldn't be asking for recommendations in the present. Because that even if you're not looking for another job, it might give the impression that you are. And then that gets a ball rolling and suddenly you're out the door. They'll get rid of yes. <laughs> So yes, it's, it's important that we understand what is appropriate on this platform. And, and there are some things that are not. And one of them is asking your boss for recommendation. That's an important disclaimer to anybody who's listening. All right, don't blame us. <laughs> about not asking for recommendations from your current peers and bosses. All right, it's all about people in the past. You, could you ask for a recommendation from a current client, client in the sense of like a testimonial of what great service? That would be okay because that's good for yes. me too, isn't it? Right. And I think that you could ask a current colleague it's just that if you have power over someone, um, that's just not a good relationship for asking for recommendation. Relation or coercion even. Yeah. Right, right. You don't want to ask your immediate superior because they'll be wondering why, but uh, a peer or colleague. Because the other thing is to ask for a recommendation, you also need to be seen to be linking with other people. What, what's the minimum number of connections do you think uh, shows that you've got, um, that you are a capable uh, working person. 
Well, 500 plus is the ideal. What would someone do if they really wanted to uh, focus on getting the number of connections uh, in, uh, higher? Okay, so here's what I tell my clients. I tell them, don't do 100 a day. Do the, start with the people you really know. Make sure that your base is people that you really know. The next time you go to a Zoom meeting and you have a breakout session, you can write down the names of the people and say, hey, I met you at this breakout session. I'd love to connect. How about you? So that's, those are reasonable things. To go from zero to 500 in days is like really not a good idea. You want to know who they are. One of the things uh, I always do when I connect with somebody is I send a personal message. I add a note. Yes. Say some people don't bother to add a note and that's almost dangerous because if you don't indicate or say I met you on or I met you through and actually state where you met them, they could actually press the little I don't know this per person button. Yes. Now, let me tell you about that. So here is, here is a way that people will always be able to send you a message. First, you have to be on your computer and not on your phone or tablet. Second, you need to be on their profile. You press connect and then you see the option to send a note. Press send a note and then you will be able to send a real note. Did you know that if you connect from a list that LinkedIn presents, if you hit the connect button, sends that robo message right away. So if you are on a list and you find someone, either write their name down or click on their picture instead of connect. On LinkedIn, if you click on their picture, it takes you to their homepage, their, their profile page. And then you can do the steps of um, hitting connect and add a note. Do you, do you have any resources you can recommend for people who want to know more about elevating their presence on LinkedIn? Absolutely. <laughs> so, well, um, LinkedIn for the savvy executive. New edition coming out. It's been, a, it's been out for a couple of years and you've got a brand new edition coming out. Right, right. Here's the book. Um, the second edition will be coming out soon. And... Um, I imagine before the end of the year, but surely by January. Um, it's a great book. It talks about strategy. Why should you do something as opposed to just how do we do it? Um, what is the strategy behind it? it? As we are trying to elevate our visibility and our credibility and presence, how do these various things that I'm suggesting, how do they fit into that? Um, the second edition is coming out with action steps at the very end of each chapter. So you read about what it is and then one, two, three, you get it done. 
my observation is that articles don't seem to attract as many views as posts. So I tend to post more often than I than I post an article. Has, has that been your observation as well? So it is my observation. It, I, I agree. However, I still cling to my um, monthly articles because it provides me teaching material. So when I um, am trying to teach someone how to post and I say, well, you're not tagging this person. You need to tag them. And they go, what? I go, okay, let me send you my article on tagging so that you will know how to do that. Another thing is um, they, I say, oh, I can tell your settings are wrong because you've never changed your LinkedIn URL. I send them my settings article. Personal URL instead of uh, a number or something. Yes, yes. I, 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 I believe that's something you, you gave me, Carol, and, I've, uh, and, and now I have a personal URL. You know, um, why would a senior level executive or even a middle executive, middle manager, hire someone like you to work with them or even to work with uh, team members to elevate their profile? It's hard for people to, number one, know all the tricks about how to use LinkedIn well. And number two, it's hard for them to write about themselves. I think everybody is a little sheepish about that. Um, if you have ever sat with someone who's trying to write even their resume, they are just distressed. It is, it is a heavy weight on their shoulders. And so I am a person who writes well. I tell business stories, I've done that for my whole career, instead of now shining branding brilliance on products, I shine my branding brilliance on people. A very long history in uh, copywriting and uh, corporate communications. Absolutely. It's a question that uh, applies to CVs as well. Should we write in first person, I do this and I did that, or third person, referring to us in the third person? Okay. So... The answer is both. <laughs> so, no, that's not really true. The, um, the LinkedIn about section is absolutely most powerful when we write in the first person. We want to communicate our truth really strongly. We're trying to share our principles and our passions and, and our authority. <laughs> Absolutely. So we do that best with the language of conversation. I do this. Now, on a CV or a, a resume, you would never see the first person used because that is a very formal document. LinkedIn is a marketing document. Everybody knows that. And I've, I've never seen a LinkedIn expert suggest anything other than writing in the first person for the about section. I know a few years ago, oh, quite a few years ago, I was thinking of uh, purchasing a major e-learning product. 
and I had this executive sort of contacting me regularly. And I definitely was, my perception of that person's capability was based on checking them out on LinkedIn and, and really right. that they were a, a true professional. Because sometimes, especially anybody in sales, um, you can actually increase your your standing with potential clients where they don't see you as a bit of a scam artist. You're actually, you know, a very qualified sales executive right. in the product and with ethics and standards. And that's the impression you want to get across. Right. And any, any role whatsoever. Well, Carol, I know that when you and I had our conversation it was that I'm in Australia, you're in the United States. It was supremely easy to work with you because you just sent me a calendar invitation with a choice of times. And there was always a time, I, I find that often mornings work well with people in the USA, depending on where right. they are. So it was very easy for us to set up an appointment. So you'd be able to work with anybody globally, really. Isn't that right? It is. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. You know, COVID has done some terrible things to us, but it has also expanded our reach. You know, so many people who are speakers feel that it has robbed them of the stage. But I feel that it's expanded my network and my reach and I'm doing fine right here from my office. <laughs> That's right. And now I've started to use an electronic calendar I'm finding that if I'm willing to actually make maybe my 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. available, it matches up beautifully with people in a totally different time zone. And yes. I, well, it doesn't mean I have to get up at 2 a.m. at all. It just, you know, that's <laughs> the time. And it works fine for everybody. So, and I'm still awake at 7 p.m. I'm happy to, to be uh, communicating with other parts of the world at that time. So the world has really gone global. I think COVID has brought with it, while there's a lot of issues around the health side, it, in terms of how we do business, is changing some aspects of definitely for the better. So yes, um, it's made us able to uh, be uh, colleagues, Carol, so. I love it, really I love it. With you. So thank you for your time today. Any parting words uh, for, uh, for our listeners? So, if you're looking to learn a little bit about LinkedIn, linking with me is a good idea. Um, it will be um, a network uh, of articles that you can find if you look at my company page, carolkemmerer.com. I think it's, and that's the beauty of LinkedIn is that generally when you are connecting with people, you, you are cultivating trust because it is, uh, it is a, a platform that encourages ethics and integrity. I think it is. I really appreciate that about LinkedIn. If you ever find anything that annoys you on the platform, any posts that make you cringe, there are three little dots and you click there and you can report it. You can tell what kind of um, problem it is. You can disconnect with the person. They take action. Look, thank you. Thank you, Carol. It's been uh, very illuminating having <laughs> today. I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on the Manage Self, Lead Others podcast and all the best. Thanks so much, Nina. I appreciate it.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.